we are in the midst of the final dress rehearsals for the Kentucky Derby. We're devoting this entire show to assessing what's happened already and looking ahead to the final major preps. It's all Derby all the time on this edition of In the Gate. They're in the gate. They're in the gate. In the gate. They're in the gate. It's a hit-bobbing finish! This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well. Get us on the iTunes Store or TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone that you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Between them, they've won six Kentucky Derbies. This year, Bob Baffert with four and Todd Pletcher with two, including the last one, are threatening to make the run for the Roses into their own personal intramural. But as blindingly successful as they've been, this party might be crashed by the most successful trainer in the world. It's one of the many delicious plot twists on the winding road to the first Saturday in May. And to help us get our bearings on that road, we're spending this entire show with our good friend Bobby Halt, who operates the New York Hot List Handicapping Service. So, Bob, let's start with the races that have occurred already. We mentioned Todd Pletcher, so we might as well begin with the Florida Derby. Here's Audible looming up on the outside, and Hofberg in the center of the course has good-looking momentum for Jose Ortiz. With less than a quarter of a mile to go, they're at the top of the stretch. Audible let loose on the outside to take the lead. Hofberg straightens up and tries to finish up. With less than an eighth of a mile to go, it's the Holy Bull winner, Audible, who's clear. Audible by three. Hofberg can't get him. Mississippi is third. Five Florida Derbies for Todd Pletcher. Audible, no doubt about it. Audible adds the Florida Derby to his win back in February in the Holy Bull Stakes. How good do you think he is? Well, he definitely looked very good. And, and certainly all you got to do is go back to last year where Always Dreaming, also trained by Todd Fletcher, looked equally good. And what did he do? He won the Derby by daylight. So certainly I, I thought he really showed the ability to do the distance, the distance of a mile and a quarter in this race. He was further back than he usually is. And that's because it was a fast pace. So he didn't get really caught up into that. Johnny V was able to wait on him when he made his move. He was much the best. Certainly I would have to think this is going to, he's going to be one of the top horses at, at Churchill Downs. We're going to have to see what happens in the big three preps, especially with both Diorio. How does he rebound from a very grueling race? Uh, but certainly, once again, uh, Pletcher is going to have a, a major contender in the Kentucky Derby, just like he did last year where he won the race with the favorite, always dreaming. Now, before we get to Pletcher, and this whole segment is going to basically be Todd Pletcher, you know, Bill Mott is one of the most patient trainers, I think, out there. He does not rush horses into spots, and yet here he had a very rapidly developing horse in Hofburg who he tried in this spot, which I think if most other trainers had tried this, you'd think they're crazy. Bill Mott sends out Hofberg and he finishes second, and now he's headed to the Kentucky Derby. And he was coming pretty hard at the end. Didn't get to Audible, but I don't think I'd be sleeping on him either. No, I mean, and and you talk about something being a little odd-sounding. Bill Mott and Kentucky Derby in the same sentence. 
uh, Bill Mott just has such a great ability of getting horses to run a distance of ground. You'd have to think that this horse is going to be a fact, could be a factor in the triple crown races. Now the Derby, maybe that's asking a lot of them, but remember Bill did win the uh, Belmont stakes with Drosselmeyer back uh, seven or eight years ago. And so I think he's going to turn this into a very good horse. The question is, in what might probably be his fourth start, is he going to be able to win the Kentucky Derby? I'm not sure, but he certainly, I thought he ran a good race because he too showed a nice closing kick. Again, there was a fast pace to help those horses close into it, but they were really about the only two who were moving at the end. Some of the others, like Catholic Boy, who was very highly regarded going into the race, he just came up empty. But certainly uh, Bill Mott in the Kentucky Derby, it's going to be a fun experience to see how he does there. Now, Todd Pletcher's first Florida Derby win came in 2007 with Scat Daddy. Now, a son of the late Scat Daddy may be the one to beat Pletcher. Mandelson's the one to get. It is Jog trotting as they come to the top of the straight. Mandelson's out by a half dozen over Raya, but it is Mandelson well clear inside the final 250. It's going to make a one-act affair of the UAE Derby. Mendelssohn en route perhaps to the Kentucky Derby is going to absolutely jog up. Mendelssohn's out by 15 on Raya. Battling on re-ride, followed by Goldtown, but what a win by Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn by a conservative 17 lengths. I mean, what a performance by Mendelssohn. Now, here's the thing. Everything on the main track at Maidon was winning on the lead. And Mendelssohn went to the lead. I don't know how fast they were going because the timing isn't put up on screen. But it seemed like he was going reasonably, not too fast, and ended up drawing off. Now, he's not going to get that kind of a trip. But obviously, the first question was, could Mendelssohn handle dirt? Well, obviously, that's not a problem. I mean, Aiden O'Brien, everything the guy touches turns to gold. Do you think he turns to gold in Kentucky? You know, for the longest time, I thought that, you know, horses are just not going to come from overseas and win the Kentucky Derby. This horse might be the exception. And I say this because, no, I'm not I'm not going crazy with the fact that he won by 18 and a half lengths, which is super impressive. I mean, you don't know about the quality of the horses behind him. I do think there was one good horse in there by the name of Goldtown. I know the Godolphin people were very high on him. He tried running with Mendelssohn to the top of the stretch, and then he just was no match. He, he faded back to finish, I believe, fourth. Mendelssohn just drew off. That was super impressive. But what you, when you look at this horse's pedigree, this is the thing. This is not your typical European turf pedigree horse who they're trying on the dirt to see, oh, he's a good distance runner. He'll love the mile and a quarter. This is a horse who is bred to be a champion on dirt. His dam also had Beholder, who, you, if you don't know her, you're really not following racing, about a four-time champion, first ballot Hall of Famer, and Into Mistress, who is actually the sire of Audible. So he has a great dirt pedigree. There was, all, there was talk at the Breeders' Cup when he came over last year that he was probably going to run in the juvenile instead of the juvenile turf, but they did put him in the juvenile turf. He won that. So he's come to the United States. He beat a, a pretty decent field in the in the juvenile turf. Again, that could be apples to oranges. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want to bet this horse if he's a favorite in the Kentucky Derby. But if this horse is a price, I would really give it some consideration. And let's look at one other thing that happened today. The horse who won the, the Dubai World Cup was a horse by the name of Thunder Snow. You People might remember him in the Kentucky Derby as he was the head case. 
who ran in the Derby from Europe last year, won the UAE Derby, came over and bolted in the race, nearly ran through the tunnel, nearly killing people. But that's the same horse. And a year later, there he is winning the Dubai World Cup on a dirt course. So maybe the Europeans are giving us some better dirt horses. Certainly, Thunder Snow gets a asterisk because of the way he acted. But, you know, the idea that a European horse can't win the Kentucky Derby, I don't know. This might be the year because this horse certainly has the look that he's an exceptional horse. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of odds you're going to get on Derby Day on him. A sale topper at the Keeneland September sale in 2016 for, I believe, $3 million was what he went for. And the thing is, you're going to now hear people say, well, he's never going to have an easy trip like he had in the UAE Derby where he was on the lead. I think the reason he was on the lead is because his jockey, Ryan Moore, who was the best jockey in the world for most people's money, realized that speed was what was winning that day at Maidan. I don't think he needs to be on the lead. And if Ryan Moore doesn't think the lead's the right place to go, he won't put him there. So I don't think the lead is an issue for Mendelssohn. But boy, he's going to be one to consider here. Now, Todd Pletcher, we started talking about him. We talked about Mendelssohn may be the one to beat him. But there are a lot of prongs to the Pletcher attack, including Noble Indy. Noble Indy took the lead as Marmelo's dropped back. Three furlongs to go. It's Noble Indy who leads by two and a half. Lone Sailor starts to gain. Here's Lone Sailor's bid. My Boy Jack is the wideout for Kent DeSormo. Into the stretch. My Boy Jack is coming with a long run. Lone Sailor looks to battle. My Boy Jack in the final furlong. Noble Indy toward the inside. Lone Sailor. Noble Indy. My Boy Jack toward the rail. Noble Indy and Lone Sailor. Noble Indy to win the Louisiana Derby from Lone Sailor in a photo finish. We haven't really discussed much about the Louisiana Derby, but Noble Indy ran a beautiful race to take the Louisiana Derby. I'm just not sure what he beat, although one of the horses he beat was Snapper Sinclair, the horse, one of the horses that Mendelssohn beat in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. So, I don't know. Do you give Noble Indy, you know, a top four or five chance in this race, or did he beat nobody and we kind of dismiss that race? I don't think he beat nobody, but I think the hard part will be, is he going to be able to withstand the pace in the Kentucky Derby like he did in the Louisiana Derby? He showed a great amount of tenacity in the Louisiana Derby where he was on the, you know, he forged to the front, got caught, came back and won. Certainly when you see a horse do something like that, I mean, he, he looked, he was beat at the eighth pole, fights back and win. That's a tough, tenacious horse. I wouldn't want to certainly rule him out because those kind of horses could really surprise you a lot of times when they have that kind of heart. But I'm just wondering if there's going to be a quick pace in the Derby. Like what you mentioned with Mendelssohn, one thing to point out with him too, when he ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, he wasn't on the lead. He was tracking in third. He just kind of sat on the rail in third. So he doesn't necessarily need to be in the lead. Noble Indy. We'll see how he does, but uh, certainly I wouldn't rule him out that he's going to be facing the tougher horses. He was only running against the B-level horses, but uh, certainly with his connections, with Pletcher training him, uh, it used to be you didn't have to worry about Todd Pletcher winning the Derby. Well, last year showed you that changes, and then he wins the Belmont, too. 
So right now it seems like Pledger has kind of found that system that's working, and I would give regards to almost all his horses, and, and there's a good chance he could wind up with four of them. Well, one that I think has an even better chance than Noble Indy is Magnum Moon. Magnum Moon has taken over the lead. He's two lengths in front from title ready. Combatant splits horses. Solomini's got to go from there to the outside end. Higher power and Magnum Moon comes to the 16th pole. And now he's three in front. Combatant and Solomini chase him to the wire. It is Magnum Moon undefeated and a rebel winner. I've always thought the Arkansas races year after year are the more challenging prep races going back even to American Pharaoh, who won the Rebel and the Arkansas Derby. And so I think Magnum Moon is maybe Todd Pletcher's best chance to win the Kentucky Derby. How strong do you think he is? He's a definite contender. Again, it's so hard to kind of rate these horses because Todd has separated them. They're in different regions. You're not sure of where the strength in the regions are. The Magnum Moon certainly looked very, very good. And, uh, it, you know, that race coming up is going to be a very interesting race, especially with the news that McKinsey is not going to run in the Santa Anita Derby because of uh, of an injury. And where will, will Baffert realign where his horses go? But certainly I, I think Magnum Moon is another one who, if he comes out of the uh, Arkansas Derby off a sharp winning performance, it's only going to make Fletcher's hand even that much more powerful. Well, we've talked a lot about Todd Pletcher in this first segment. When we come back, it's Bob Baffert's turn because he's got a lot for us to break down as well, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to In the Gate. We look ahead at the Derby preps still to come as we're rejoined by our good friend Bobby Halt, who operates the New York Hot List Handicapping Service. Bob Baffert has a trio of would-be Derby starters. One of them is McKinsey. Now, McKinsey had been scheduled for a rematch with Bolt Dioro in the Santa Anita Derby this coming Saturday, but that won't happen. Baffert's assistants noticed something was a little off with McKinsey, so he won't race the Santa Anita Derby. He should have enough points to make it to Kentucky, but now if he runs there, he would potentially just train up to the race. That brings us to Baffert's most unproven star, Justify. Justify, in the twinkling of an eye, has put two lengths on Calix Man, followed by Shiver Me Timbers. Past the quarter pole comes Justify. By three lengths, Calix Man is second on the inside of Shiver Me Timbers. Justify, coming past the eighth pole, would have to race in outer space to feel less pressure. He's not yet battle-hardened, but just who is the most talented three-year-old to race this weekend? Justify, a cult of limitless potential, wins by six lengths... Now, Bob Baffert's in the business of winning the Kentucky Derby, so he's going to try to get Justify points and get there. The question is, how ready is he? Well, that's going to be the question, because the way the points are lining up, and remember we have one horse from Europe. The uh, the horse is going to get a lot of money, just like Patch did last year. Gronkowski, coming over from Europe, is taking one of the spots. That means that leaves 19 spots open to the horse's who qualify via the points. If Justify runs second and gets the 40 points, he's kind of on the cup. So he needs a big, he really needs a victory to make sure that he gets in. So certainly there's talk. He's supposed to go to the Arkansas race. 
there might be some changes depending on what happens with McKinsey when they finally get a read on McKinsey of what the injury is and how long is he going to be out. But Justified certainly looks like a horse with a tremendous amount of talent. These days, none of these horses go into the Triple Crown off a lot of seasoning. So, that, you know, he certainly has the great curse of Apollo that he never ran it to. Those horses never win the Derby. He certainly looks like a talented enough horse who maybe with that one prep rate, that one big graded stakes prep race might be good enough. I'm not sure if I would buy most trainers doing it, but, you know, if Bob Baffert thinks this horse has the potential to run in the Kentucky Derby, I would back it because if you watch what Baffert's done in the last few years, he had the last two years, he had three-year-old champions who did not run in the triple crown. So he's won thanks to America Pharaoh. He has that triple crown next to his name forever. So winning another Derby, winning the Belmont, the Preakness, it's not the same thing to him that he'll give up an entire horse's career. So I, I think we'll really, we'll get a very good read on Justify off that next race uh, of whether he's a horse to really watch later in the year or is he going to be ready for the Kentucky Derby. Three big preps this weekend, and in the Santa Anita Derby, there won't be a McKenzie, but when you talk about horses that are battle-tested, Bolt Oro certainly fits that bill. McKinsey is the new leader. Castellano hooks Boltoro into the clear and he's ranging forward with great purpose at the top of the stretch. And Boltoro moves up alongside of McKinsey and they're racing tightly though, a brushing in up a stretch. McKinsey fights back underneath Boltoro. The San Felipe living up to its billing. A 16th left to go. McKinsey on the inside and Boltoro in a spine tingling spectacle at the great race place. Boltoro, McKinsey, they hit the line. McKinsey beats Baltoro in a photo. The stewards have disqualified McKinsey. The top two placings are reversed, and number one, Baltoro, earns the San Felipe Stakes victory via DQ. I mean, this horse to me should have been the two year old champion. I don't even know whether Mick Ruiz will have him completely cranked to win the Santa Anita Derby, although it is a grade one for a lot of money. I think the Santa Anita Derby is going to be a very telling race for Baltiorio. I do believe he had a very grueling comeback race. Your first race at three probably should not be as tough as that battle he had with McKinsey, where they went back and forth, bumping, fighting to get to the wire. That's not really what you want, I think, in a horse's first race of the year. Uh, it looks like McKinsey came out of it, uh, you know, nicked up. I would not be surprised if Boltiorio bounces because of that race. So the opinion you could make, because you know what, he's probably going to be three to five to win the race. So as a gambler, why not take a flyer against him? I, I think this is an supremely talented horse, but you have to sometimes wonder, was that prep too much for these horses? And he's only going to have one more race and then the Derby. So if he regresses a little bit off the big race in the San Felipe, does he have time to get back to his top form for the Derby? That could be a tough assignment. I always remember uh, my younger days uh, when I had a lot more hair on the top of my head. <laughs> the, I remember watching the Gotham Stakes with Cure the Blues and Proud Appeal, who on a foggy day at Aqueduct ran one of the best duels I've ever seen of two horses battling the whole way. Neither one of them were ever the same after that race. So 
We'll see about Boltiorio, but he's certainly a very talented horse. I mean, he, he did show some courage in that race against uh, McKenzie, but we'll find out if maybe uh, was it uh, too hard too soon for him. And that might open the door for a horse like Instilled Regard, who shipped out to Louisiana last out to finish fourth in the Risen Star. I believe he's going to stay home now for Jerry Hollendorfer to run in California. And I think he's a bit more talented than he showed in Louisiana. And really, he only needs to finish second here to make the Kentucky Derby. I think he has a pretty decent chance in the Santa Anita Derby. Now, let's move on to the Wood Memorial and the Bluegrass. And the first question involves the two-year-old champion who I know has always been high on your list, Good Magic. He is cross-entered in both races. Do we know where he will end up? He's going to go to the Bluegrass. I've heard nothing to indicate that there's a change in plan. They had talked several uh, weeks ago, and even before the Fountain of Youth, that they wanted to go to the Bluegrass. They don't want to do, they don't want to ship twice. They, they, the connections want to, they didn't want to go from Florida to New York to Kentucky. They'd rather go to Lexington. They, a short hour and a half fan ride, and they're right there at Churchill Downs. So I haven't heard anything to the effect that they're going to change. He should be running in the Bluegrass. And that's really going to be the acid test for him. I really think that was just a a workout for him in the fountain of youth. When you look back at some of the things that people were saying, and then even talking afterwards, talking with one of the owners, he said they decided before the race they were not going to chase the speed. If, it, if it, uh, promises fulfilled went out, they were not going to run with them. They were just going to sit in third or fourth, see how the race develops and go from there. They didn't. They weren't as concerned about winning the race as they were about getting a race into him. They got that race into him. Now it's showtime. The the Bluegrass is really going to be the race that will show us if Good Magic is the horse that we really liked and was impressed with in the juvenile, or is he one of these juvenile two-year-old champions who never really mature into a great horse at three? I'm still on his bandwagon. I'm going to stick with him in the bluegrass. I, I think he's going to be a tough horse in the derby. If he really shows up and puts in the effort, we expect in the bluegrass. But he's a, he's definitely the horse in the bluegrass that's going to be getting the bulk of the attention. Well, there are quite a few horses in there who will deserve some attention. I mean, Flame Away and Quip, the winner of the Tampa Bay Derby, and Free Drop Billy, and even Blended Citizen, the winner of the Jeff Ruby Stakes who will be coming back on just three weeks of rest. There are going to be some talented horses to face in the bluegrass. And correct me if I'm wrong, Good Magic doesn't have enough points to finish third. He still has to finish first or second, even as the juvenile champion, to make it, doesn't he? He got 20 for winning the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. That other race was a... Yeah, he has uh, 34. So he's in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Good Magic has 34, so he, that should be enough to make it right off the bat. I'm not sure with that. It depends on what happens, because remember, you got Kwiatkowski taking a spot. There's an outside chance that a Japanese horse could come in. I haven't heard that he is. I don't think that's happening. But it's a possibility. But it's only 19 that are going to get in, and you're going to have like six horses who are going to get 140 on uh, in those three and then another one. So there's still four races with 140. So that's eight horses who could pick up at least 40 points. So it's not, yeah, he, he needs, a, he, as I say, if he finishes third or fourth, he should be in. But if he doesn't, if he's off the board, then it could be problematic. 
I don't see a lot happening in the Wood Memorial, which has not been a very good prep race for the Kentucky Derby going back, I think, to 2000 when Fusaishi Pegasus won the race. I was there that day. But I don't see a lot, except maybe Forenzi Fire, who I think is running the wood. But that seems to be about it. Well, I think the uh, probably, depending on what happens with Salamini, if Salamini is, is scheduled to come from Santa Anita to run in the race, if he does, if they don't switch plans because of McKenzie, he's going to be, I think, a very good horse in that race. There's also a good horse by the name of Vino Rosso, who was running in the Tampa Bay Derby, didn't put in, I think, the performance they were expecting of him. This would probably be a spot where he could bounce back. It's a Todd Pletcher, Mike Rapoli. They, you know, Mike, uh, is, if there's a race he wants to win, it's the Wood Memorial. I think he could turn in a pretty good effort there. And, uh, and, and if he does, certainly now all of a sudden that gives Pletcher the fourth horse into the picture to go with Magnum Moon and Audible and uh, Noble Indy. So, you know, the Wood has had its problems the last derby winner to run in the wood was uh was funny side back in 2003 so it has been a while last year's race winner irish war cry was very well considered was almost the favorite in the derby uh but he just didn't seem to run well he did run second in the belmont so you know he proved to be an okay three-year-old uh but yeah the, the the wood has been the one that's kind of taken it on the chin in recent years i'm not sure how this will turn out I, again i think the big horses that you're going to think about for Kentucky immediately, you're going to see in the other three preps, the Bluegrass, the Santa Anita Derby, and the Arkansas Derby. This is the most wonderful time of the year with all due respect to the holiday song, and we're so glad we've had a chance to sort it out. We really haven't done a show yet this year that really focused on the Kentucky Derby. We've kind of mentioned it as just that thing that was off in the distance. It's not off in the distance anymore. It is here. And thank you so much to Baba Hall for joining us and getting us ready to go. It's going to be a great month. All right. Take care, Bobby. Our thanks once again to Bobby Halt of the New York Hot List. It happened in 2010 when the connections of Zenyatta did little to risk her fabled victory streak. She rarely left the Golden State in winning 19 straight, though many of the fields she faced were weak. The latest incarnation of that is Australian legend Winks, who recently won her 24th in a row. Her connections toyed with the possibility of running at Royal Ascot, where world approval would be a likely foe. But Winks instead will stay in Australia and take the safer route, and she's beaten 50 Group 1 winners I know, but those horses don't compare to those in the Northern Hemisphere. It's about preserving the streak and the status quo. I'll never have the money to make decisions on a horse, especially one the caliber of Winks, but if I did, I'd want to face the very best in the world. Right now, her resume still has some kinks. You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well. Get us on the iTunes Store or TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone that you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time.